from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Taliban are searching door to door. My biggest concern is my family safety because they are not safe in Afghanistan. Do you ever look at the other students in the class and think, you have no idea how lucky you are just to be able to be in this class? I mean, we just don't think of education that way here in the U.S. Oh my gosh. Those students, they should be very appreciative. Every day, every day I am driving to the college, even I don't have classes there, but I like to drive there. Every day. I'm Sarah Fenske. Five months ago, we had a special guest in studio. Zamzama Safi had only been in the U.S. about a week when she made her St. Louis on the Air debut. The 24-year-old had managed to escape her native Afghanistan just hours before the fall of Kabul. She'd made her way to St. Louis thanks to American servicemen she'd worked with as a linguist. That's work she did as a teenager after surviving gang rape and torture at the hands of the Taliban. She is now living in St. Peter's with the family of former U.S. Navy Lieutenant Alan Nash, and she joins us today to share an update on her life. So, Zizi, welcome back. Thank you so much. So, it's been five months. How are you doing right now? I am doing great. It's a lot of good things that I experience, and still I want to experience a lot of things here because it's very excited for me to experience every single thing in the United States with the freedom, with the safety, and with the peace. And so things that might not feel that exciting to me, you're finding that's really exciting. Yes. Uh, education is very exciting. Driving is very exciting. And I am enjoying every moment here in my life. As I got my driver license and I'm enjoying driving, as I sign up for the English classes to improve my English, I am enjoying that as I was fighting very hard to, to be educated woman. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying that. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And you saying that you're enjoying driving in the St. Louis area. There's a lot of people here who would say St. Louis drivers are crazy. No one enjoys driving here. Do you feel like you, you feel pretty confident on the road? Yes, I am feeling very very confident on the road as I never drove uh, in Afghanistan before. I never had a car in Afghanistan before as mm -hmm. women were not allowed to drive. And when I got my permit, uh, I was very excited learning driving. And my host family, Mr. Nash and Miss Nash, they were helping me how to, to teach me how to drive. And then they hire a guy by the name of Mr. Gary to teach me how, like professionally how to drive and then I got my driver license. <clears throat> it was very excited for me to got that and that was a wonderful day for me to, the day that I got my driver license and I am driving very good and I'm very excited and every time I'm driving uh, I think like it's a dream while I'm driving because I never drove a car and yeah. I was like oh is it really in my life? Oh, because I 
it it what I have been through and what I am doing it was it is unbelievable. Yeah, just to say this is me. I'm I'm really doing this. Yes. And it, it sounds like just that freedom of being able to get in a car, go where you want to go. Yes, it's a lot of freedom. And especially uh, I like to be very educated and independent woman and every day Every day I am driving to the college, even I don't have classes there, but I like to drive there every day and come home. And what makes you want to do that on a day you don't have class? Uh, because as I was fighting for education a lot, and I'm really interested to be educated woman, and I am thirsty of education, and that makes me every day to drive to the college and come back. And so just being there, you're kind of like, I I'm doing what I want to do. I'm, yes. I'm on my way here. And what I want to do, and this is my dreams, it's coming true. That's so exciting to hear. And this dream that's coming true for you, you're taking a class right now at the St. Charles Community College. Yes. I. So first I got here in August. I signed up for uh, English classes. That was virtual, not online. That was online, virtual, not in-person classes. But uh, uh, in January, I signed up for the in-person classes. I really enjoy that. And I learned a lot of stuff because... I am going to the class with no fear, with no threatened. When I was going to the college in Afghanistan, I was in fear. Every time I was thinking, okay, when I get out of the class, when I get off the class, Taliban will attack me, Taliban will kill me, Taliban would, will get me again. But here, I can focus on my studying and I can focus, I can learn so much. Do you ever look at the other students in the class and think, you have no idea how lucky you are just to be able to be in this class? I mean, we just don't think of education that way here in the U.S. Oh, my gosh. Those students, they should be very appreciative. All the education uh, level is very like in a very good standard here and they should be very appreciative they have the safety they have the peace here and they can learn what and they can focus on what they want to learn because there is no fear for them and they should be very appreciative and they shouldn't be complaining about anything because there's nothing to complain about it. Yeah, yeah I feel like we, uh, we come up with things to complain about here. But, but yeah, the educational system here is great. And I know you're working on your English now. Your English sounds wonderful. I mean, you're really just doing great. Uh, uh, you still feel a little like exactly not, not sure? Exactly as I want to be. Nah, I'm very educated and I want to get my master's degree and I want to... Uh, to be very fluent in English mm -hmm. as an American native speaker. So I feel like you're well on your way. I understand for this next step, whatever might come after this English class, you actually met the president of the University of Missouri. How did that come about? Oh my gosh, it was such a wonderful moment that I met the president of MU and I met the governor of Missouri. Uh, that I had a presentation because Kyle introduced me to the ALAT group and we had a, a presentation together for them. Um, about my service in Afghanistan for the U.S. troops and how I was supporting them there as a translator and also as a culture advisor. 
and about uh, what I have been through and about my fight, how I started, about my struggles, what I have been through in Afghanistan. And we should mention Kyle works with Representative Emanuel Cleaver's office. That's who helped you get to the U.S. in the nick of time. Yes, exactly. Always in every moment of my life, I really appreciate Kyle because he gives me a life again. He gives me the freedoms that I have right now. Yeah, that's amazing. And so he helped connect you. You said not only did you meet the president of the University of Missouri, you met Governor Mike Parson. Yes, I met him and he was there. And I met some of other people, the ALAD groups members, uh, while I had a presentation for them. That's great. And so you spoke to them about conditions in Afghanistan? Yes, I spoke to them about the condition in Afghanistan, about uh, how, about my service in Afghanistan, about the existence of the youth troops in Afghanistan, and about the women's rights in Afghanistan. So I understand when you talked to the University of Missouri president, he invited you to attend the journalism school there, which is a very good journalism school. Exactly. So when I mentioned that I'm really interested to get my master's degree in journalism as I have a degree, bachelor degree in political science, and I'm really interested to get my uh, master's degree in journalism. And then he inspired me so much, and he mentioned that they have a very good journalism school in, in MU. So I am working on, on my application uh, to start uh, to get in if they accepted my application uh, to go to there and MU. And would the idea be maybe this next fall that you'd be ready to go there? Yes, next fall I will be ready to go there. Wow, that's so exciting. So you're not just finding your way, but you're kind of finding your way here in Missouri. Exactly, yes. Uh, As I was like, as I mentioned before that, that I was thirsty of education and I was fighting so hard for the education and for the women's right. And this is what I wanted and I'm so excited to go to MU and to get my uh, graduate in journalism. So one of the other uh, persons that you met here in Missouri, you met the family of Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz. Now he's the 20-year-old Wentzville man who was killed during the American evacuation of Kabul. What did you say to those family members when you met them? Uh, when I met his parents, uh, his father, I, the, the beginning I was a little bit nervous because I understand the feeling of his father. It's not easy. And I was like, maybe he would not talk to me because I I'm an Afghan, and uh, his uh, he lost his son, his loved one in Afghanistan. But I went there. He was very nice. I share my sympathy and my condolence with his father. That, and I mentioned that I have been through that abigade uh, where his uh, uh, son sacrificed for our safety, for the Afghan safety, to rescue them. And I really appreciate. Uh, uh, his son sacrifices his life, and I am very sorry that he lost his son. Yeah, that yes. sounds like a tough conversation, but I bet him hearing that from you, that may have helped. Yes, yes, he was, uh, and then he was very nice. He was behaving very nice. I really appreciate it, but I, as I was nervous, it, it wasn't like that. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So at the same time that your life here is, is off to such a great start, and I'm so excited to hear how well things are going. I imagine your thoughts are still back with your family in Afghanistan. 
How are they doing? Uh, my biggest concern is my family safety because they are not safe in Afghanistan. And my message to the U.S. government is this, as I sacrifice for them so much, and I help them as a culture advisor, as a translator in Afghanistan, I risked my life for them, and I want the U.S. government that if they can help my family to get them out of Afghanistan, I would really appreciate that. So you have some connections. I mean, Kyle and Representative Cleaver's office has been such a help. You've met the governor now. Do you feel like the U.S. is, is working to do this at this point? Is anyone giving you assurances? Uh, uh, Mr. Kyle, he sent some emails to the Department of State, and he sent the information of my family to the Department of but the Department of State didn't respond back. Okay, so even he can't get through at this point. So for your family, I understand your sister's a nurse. Is is she able to continue to work and and have the life she had when Americans were were trying to help prop up the the government? Uh, No, because they cannot leave the house. Because she's a woman? She is a woman and she's educated. And also my family was supporting me to support the U.S. troops in Afghanistan. And they sacrifices a lot for me too. Especially my brother, my mom, and my sisters, they were like a very big support of me. So people think of them as their friends of the Americans. Yes. They can't go out. Exactly. They can't go out and Taliban are searching door to door for those people who support the U.S. government while they were in Afghanistan because they say like um, it's against Islam and it's against the religion and um as I was breaking the rules of Taliban and I never gives up in my life and I was doing this job, I risk and I jeopardize my life and my family life because I wanted and this was the right way to do it as my father taught me to do it. So you did such a brave thing, but as you say, your family is now bearing the consequences of that. How are they able to even get enough to eat if, if they can't be out there working and, and doing what they used to do? My family cannot go out to get food for themselves. My married sister and her husband came over to, to their house to help them and provide food for them from outside. So that's a really tough situation. It is a very tough situation, very tough situation, and I am feeling helpless but still I have hope. I hope the U.S. government and to do something. What, what can we do if we're listening to this, hearing your story, and we're feeling moved to try to help? Would it help for us to contact our, our congressman? Or does it, is there someone else that we can help push to try to get some action here? If anyone knows or can make a contact with the Department of States, or um, uh, even if the Department of States can hear me and my interview that they know about my life because I already submit everything to the Department of States. I hope they they reread that again and help my family to get them out of Afghanistan. So if anyone from the State Department is listening, Zamzama Safi, she is making a plea here for her family. And I can tell this is something that this is top of mind for you. Yes, it is. Uh, as soon as my family get the safety, I can focus more and... I can do more things here. And you have big plans. I mean, you want to do big things to help women, to help women in Afghanistan around the globe. Yes. Uh, right now, also, I am working on my book. I'm writing a book, and I want to advocate women's rights. Uh, and also, I want to be a very big FBI agent 
to help the people, the U.S. nation. And as I have a very, I have so much respect for the constitution of U.S. and I want to help them so much. Well, I just hope someone is listening who can t- help take this big burden off your mind right now and help your family back in Afghanistan. I just, I hope oh, so. I, yes, this is the one thing I think we're all going to say a prayer for you for today. Now, I understand you also have some exciting news coming up. You have a birthday coming up on January 25th. You're going to be exactly. 25? Yeah, I will be 25. So that's exciting. I understand this is particularly exciting that you get to celebrate this. Exactly. It is very excited to me because I never celebrate my birthday in Afghanistan because people say it's not in and religion it's against the religion we shouldn't celebrate the birthdays and as i was uh, going through so much stuff in afghanistan and i didn't have time uh, most of the time i was a part of my family because i was staying in the base with the used troops and helping them as a translator and i didn't have time to celebrate my birthday even as a teenager in early <laughs> 20s you didn't get to celebrate no no and this is very excited to me that to celebrate my birthday here and also, I have safety and freedoms that I can celebrate my birthday. So what are your plans? Uh, well, uh, my plans are to have a big cake, to have a party, and to celebrate with my host family and with friends. It's a very, very big excitement for me. Well, I know we're kind of jumping the gun here, but I got to wish you a happy birthday. I think this Thank is you so big much. that you <laughs> finally get to celebrate this. And how perfect that the 25th, turning 25 on the 25th, it's the perfect year to like go all out. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I hope you have the greatest birthday celebration. And again, if anyone's listening who can help Zamzama Safi's family back in Afghanistan, please get in touch with her. Get in touch with us. We'll put you in touch with her. Uh, we want to see some action on this. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. No problem. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.